This is the Evergreen Empire. Green grow the forests and fair flow the streams. The gentle deer grazes, the wild blossom gleams. From ocean wave raging to mountain serene. All nature's proclaiming our land's evergreen. Welcome to Columbia Conversations. I'm Felix Bennell, editor of Columbia Magazine for the Washington State Historical Society. On this episode, we go down on the farm with Jennifer Mortensen, outreach director of the Washington Trust for Historic Preservation, and learn more about the statewide Heritage Barn Grant Program. There's a bit of kind of um, nostalgia and romance, even if if you didn't grow up on a farm. I think seeing a big, beautiful barn just represents the the past in a way that some other historic buildings don't, maybe just don't quite capture. I spoke with Jennifer Mortensen by phone from her office in Seattle at the historic Stimson Green Mansion, and I started off by asking her about the Heritage Barn Initiative. The Heritage Barn Initiative was established back in 2007, uh, making this our seventh round of grant funding because it's a two-year cycle. It's, it goes with the Washington State uh, capital budget is where the, the grant funding comes from. And so the, the program is actually a program of the Department of Archaeology and Historic Preservation, and they contract with us, the Washington Trust, who's a statewide nonprofit, um, to run the program. So it's a pretty uh, great sort of uh, partnership because we're able to um, work with the state and also um, travel around and, and meet a bunch of new folks that we normally you know, wouldn't have a connection to necessarily. Um, and one of the the funnest parts about the um, the program, in, in my opinion, as I've been working with it the last couple of rounds, is that we run into barn owners who, you know, wouldn't consider themselves preservationists. They say, "Oh, I, I'm not into, I'm not a historic preservationist. That, that I wouldn't identify with that, you know, title or or something like that." And they say, I just want to save my grandfather's barn or, you know, I've lived on, you know, my family's on this property for generations. And, and I get to kind of smile and say, well, that does make you a historic preservationist. That's what it's all about. And so it's, it's really great to be able to um, just have those conversations and, and, and share those values and, and meet new people. So essentially, um, as I mentioned, the grant money comes from, the uh, cap- state capital budget, and we have about $450,000 um, that are is devoted to the barn program and, and the same to actually a historic cemetery program. And we have barn owners apply uh, for those grants, and we review those applications and are hoping to make those announcements by the end of the year. Um, the grants, the barn owners need to be on the Washington State um, or the Heritage Barn Register. Um, so the, in addition to the grant funding, which was set aside back in 2007, it also created this register uh, as a sort of sort of benchmark for um, historic barns. And it's it's a it's a fairly inclusive register. It's not quite as rigorous as some of the other historic registers, um, but it essentially makes sure that the barns that are applying for grants um, have a lot of historic character 
and materials remaining and haven't, you know, undergone some really dramatic changes like, um, you know, all new vinyl siding or something like that. How many barns are on that register and then how many you think would qualify around the state? Are there any kind of, is there any kind of survey of like the, what the universe of, of barns in Washington is like? So yeah, there's not been a survey, unfortunately, of all barns uh, in the state. That in the state that would be pretty uh, be a pretty big list. Um, but um, as far as barns that are listed, 751 is the latest count um, by the spreadsheet huh. from the state that I got this week. And do you know if the geographic distribution sort of reflects or either sort of um like where the agricultural hotspots were in the state over the last, you know, 150 years, or is it sort of uniformly distributed? Is it more in kind of the, where the urban areas have encroached on barns, or is there is it possible to characterize where the where the like the the scatter plot would look like on a map of Washington of these 751 barns? Yeah, so there there's some there's some concentrations in um, sort of the Skagit Valley, and I I think Spokane and Pierce counties also have a really high uh, concentration. They, the, the state actually puts out a, a, a map um, every, I, I guess maybe every year of the, the concentrations by county of those barns on, on that list. We, a couple of years ago, um, we finally passed at least one barn in every county. So there's a couple of uh, more rural counties that I'm sure have a lot more barns, but maybe just haven't um, gotten gotten the word about the register and and some folks aren't interested and that's that's fine but I do try to let them know that it is honorary only it's non-regulatory um, so there's no there's no controls or restrictions or anything that goes along with with the register it's just honorary only yeah. um, and, and a lot of folks really really like that they they like the idea of someone recognizing, the history of, of their barn, of their farm and family, um, and and just, you know, we, we send out plaques that say, you know, Heritage Barn built such and such year, and um, and it's, it's, it's been a really positive program from that standpoint. And what is it about barns? Because, you know, I know I, I, a lot of people, I drive back and forth from Seattle to Spokane or up and down I-5, and you always sort of look over and see barns, and there's something that's sort of I don't know, oddly compelling, or maybe not even oddly compelling, just compelling about barns. What is it about barns that seem to capture the imaginations of so many people, you think? <laughs> You're absolutely right, and I'm not sure I can quite put um, an exact finger on it. I think that um, there's a bit of kind of um, nostalgia and romance, even if, if you didn't grow up on a farm. I think seeing a big, beautiful barn just represents the the past in a way that some other historic buildings don't maybe just don't quite capture because there is, because I think agriculture has changed so dramatically um, in the last, you know, few generations that um, these barns that symbolize a really different way of life that not a lot of people um, experience firsthand. Um, I think that might be part of it. And it's, it's, <laughs> It's been really interesting because you're you're absolutely right that everybody everybody loves barns and that's part of the reason this program I think has been been really successful and popular. It's been um, like I said, it was established you know over a decade ago, and we advocate for our 
state representatives to continue to fund it. And even through the recession, this program was funded. And it, it also comes with these really great before and after photos, which people really love. And so it's, 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 it's a pretty unifying and um, an interesting program from that standpoint. And even people, I think, who live in urban areas are sort of fascinated by um, sort of that rural imagery and, and uh, history. So, so there's, there's kind of a, a nice, a nice bridge, I guess, of different, different lifestyles and, and philosophies between urban and rural, which um, is, is pretty refreshing. So, so, so what you're saying is Barnes in this, in this day of uh, political divide, Barnes are the one thing that most Washingtonians can agree on. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> if only we could find a way to capitalize on that good goodwill somehow in politics, that would be uh, that would be great. Um, but it, we like to, yeah, we like to say that this program is is nonpartisan in that in that we um, certainly serve all all areas of the state, and we and when we do um, review the. Um, the applications, geographic distribution is one of the elements that the committee takes into account. So um, it's, I mean, there's a, a variety of factors, but, but we do try to get a good spread all around the state and get that money out there in, in a kind of a variety of counties, both west, central, or west and east and, and central. And um, can you give me some examples of some projects that have been funded in the past to sort of help inspire people about, you know, what amounts they might expect or what sorts of uh, preservation work can be done to a barn with, with the funds available through the program? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So the committee does tend to prioritize um, projects that will go toward long-term stabilization and um, sort of long-term care. So um, that generally includes things like um, foundation work or structural stabilization. We had a lot of roof replacements, um, things like that that are kind of some of those main uh, building features. The the projects that they prefer those those are the projects that they prefer the grant funds to go directly towards. So. It is a matching program, which means that for every dollar the state puts toward a project, the owner has to match that with another dollar. So ultimately, as people are preparing their um, grant applications, they can only request up to half of their overall budget that they're presenting for, for their project, which is, again, something that I'm happy to kind of help people navigate and, and figure out as, as they're filling out their application. Those kind of big structural or, um, um, you know, roof, roofing pieces are what the, the committee tends to prefer to prioritize. If there are other, if there's other work like um, siding repair or window and door repair, I generally recommend folks use that as their match because that's important too, um, but have those big, big priorities up front. Um, with the grant funds, and then the, the 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 sort of smaller pieces as the as the matching uh, for the grant funds. So we have gotten applications ranging from just a couple of thousand dollars, and our highest grant was, I believe, fifty thousand. Um, I I would say our 
our average is between 20 and 25. And because the committee wants to try to spread out the money as as much as possible, while also, you know, making a, a big impact in the projects that that are happening, um, I would I would recommend people not ask for more than around 40, uh, just because that tends to that tends to sort of be a lot of the overall grant funds that are available. So I'm again happy to work with people as they're putting their budgets together to sort of get a proposal that I think the the committee will will really feel is is you know both uh, a good good project and a, a valuable use of funds, but not so much that it, it seems you know a little bit. <laughs> disproportionate to, to the to the overall uh, grant funds available. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. I like I like the approach you guys take, where it's not incentivized, but you're you're helping people submit the best application possible and increasing their chances of getting their project funded. Which is that's that's not all funders are like that. So it's nice you guys do that. <laughs> well, absolutely, and and I I would rather I would personally rather get a you know a bunch of really great applications than have to you know. <laughs> choose between ones that aren't put together well or, or are confusing or unclear. So so it, it doesn't take a lot of time, I think, for me up front to just give people some advice and, and, and help as they put their paperwork together rather than try to have to figure out later by guessing what they maybe meant or what the project's actually going to look like. So I, we asked for a few, um, a good amount of details, I think, in the application, and that's hopefully to, to cut down on the sort of unknowns and questions as the committee reviews. But yeah, I'm happy to help out. I'm, people are welcome to call, email. That's great. And, and then are there particular, um, over the, since 2007, are there particular barns that you know of in either any part of the state, Western Washington, Eastern Washington, that are real sort of success stories or real kind of quintessential examples of how this program has worked and a, a barn with a particularly interesting history? Yeah, we we have had the fortune, good fortune of having some really outstanding um, projects. One that comes to mind immediately is the Plucker Barn out in Walla Walla County. Um, it's this um, you know fairly modest sized uh, barn, and it um, was getting to be in disrepair, and it's been in the Plucker family for generations, and they applied for. They actually had done some foundation work themselves and then applied for a grant to do um, quite a bit more work, a lot of siding, some other stuff. And they they took that money and ran with it and did a bunch of their own, um, you know, their own labor, which in-kind labor donated to the project can can count toward, toward your match uh, as you're putting your budget together and actually made it into a, a really wonderful family project and they had multiple generations uh working on that that barn and it became this this really great experience for for the entire family to contribute to preserving their their family's history so we actually did a, a great story about it in our magazine called this place and um folks can read all about it, see great pictures, and um, we actually try to do a barn feature in every single magazine. So um, each quarter, if people are interested in, in reading about all these cool projects that are happening, we obviously can't feature every one of them as we only have four issues a year, but um, we try to pick some of those really great 
inspiring ones to, to feature and to, to show off in our, in our publications. All right, Jennifer Mortensen with the Washington Trust for Historic Preservation. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Columbia Conversations, and we look forward to seeing more and more wonderful heritage barns along the roadways and byways of Washington State. We do, too. Thanks for having me. Thank you to Jennifer Mortensen for speaking with me for this episode of Columbia Conversations from the Washington State Historical Society. For more information about the Heritage Barn Grant Program and upcoming application deadlines, visit PreserveWA.org. For more information about Columbia Magazine or to subscribe, please visit WashingtonHistory.org. I'm Felix Bunnell.